0: Today's message was recorded for Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. The title of the message is Our Heavenly Home. Hello, everybody. I pray that you are doing well this week and just know that I miss you very much. I have an announcement to make for you that not this Sunday, but Sunday, May 24th, we are looking at the possibility of having a service in our church parking lot. We are simply working on some of the equipment and the logistics of it, and I will definitely keep you informed so that way you know uh, the what is happening and when it is going to happen. Uh, once again, I just pray that you are doing well. I was speaking with somebody today, and they were asking me how church is going. And I said, well, you know, it's going all right. But this is time has been a reminder of how much I appreciate the story of Jesus and how he came 2,000 years ago, the living word of God becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. He is our Emmanuel, God with us. And the church really Is about people being able to meet together and to reach out to those in need uh, shoulder to shoulder and being able to communicate one with another. And so just know I'm thankful for technology, but I am longing and praying for the day that we can just be together once again. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, let's just pray and ask God to allow our faith and our roots to go down deeper and our faith to grow stronger and that we will take this time Uh, just to really dive into God's word, to lean on him, to trust in him, to pray and to seek after him and allow this season to be a fruitful season. I'm reminded about when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, he was tempted of the devil. He went into the wilderness uh, filled with the spirit of God and he came out of the wilderness uh, in the power of the spirit of God. And so this season does not have to be in vain. Please do not allow it simply... Uh, to irritate you, frustrate you. I know the longer that this is prolonged, uh, the more irritating it can become. But as the people of God, let's keep our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the one who truly oversees everything. And if our life is in his hands, uh, we can keep our faith and trust in him, knowing that to say, Lord, even though I don't understand exactly all that is happening, but Lord, I know that my faith is in you and I can come out of this time better and stronger, uh, filled with more of you uh, to, uh, than ever before, and and to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. And so let's open up our time in prayer. There's some that I would like for us to pray for, especially tonight. Uh, I'd like us to continue to pray for Don and Cheryl, that God would give them uh, continued strength and healing their bodies. Also, I have a friend named Donna who had back surgery. Many of you who've been a part of our church for many years. She was our former worship leader many years ago. And uh, She is in recovery. She's doing okay, but we just need to pray for that pain to be minimal and for God to help her back to grow stronger. Also, Pastor Tom and June spoke with him yesterday, and he is healing up quite well. And We're just going to continue to pray for God to help his body to mend as well. A few others is uh, Christy uh, Vizina and also uh, Sandy Pitts. Uh, Sandy took a fall here the other day, and she fractured uh, a bone in her arm, I believe, or her hand. And uh, let's just pray right now and invite God's presence into our homes and our time together in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, that where two or three are gathered together, you are here in our midst. And right now, we just lift up uh, Don and Cheryl. And God, we pray for you to pour out your spirit upon them in an abundant measure. We pray for your peace and your, your presence, your joy. We pray for healing for both of them right now. We ask, God, that you would just encourage them and strengthen them, and may they sense the mighty love of God in their homes, in Jesus' name. Father, we also pray for Tom and June. We thank you so much for their lives, and God, we pray that you would just bring blessing upon their home. We thank you that your favor does rest upon them, That we are just trusting God for you to continue to help the healing process in their bodies, in his body, that he would mend, Uh, with no complications in Jesus' name. We pray for Sandy Pitts. Lord, we ask God that you would heal that bone, help it to mend quickly. Father, we pray that you would bring comfort and strength, surround them with your angels and your mighty presence in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up our friend Christy and ask God that as she is going through treatment still, we ask that you would pour out your spirit upon her, Give her strength right now. We thank you that your joy is her strength, O God. And during this season of time as well, we pray that you would just cause her to grow stronger in her faith, and Jim as well, and that they would just grow closer to you and to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, uh, continue to pray one for another. I just have a message to share in my heart, the title of which is Our Heavenly Home. And uh, as I've been thinking about this uh, COVID nineteen and the quarantine and and uh, all of the the uncertainty of what's happening, I my heart has been thinking more and more about heaven. Off and on throughout the past couple of weeks or months, especially. And so I'd like us to turn to a few scriptures tonight and just to consider our heavenly home and what God is preparing for us, because it is a great source of encouragement and hope, not only to encourage our hearts, but as we share hope with other people that we can just remind them or let them know, perhaps for the first time, to say, you know what, uh, this world is not as, is it, as it should be, and God is preparing a place for his children. And so let's turn right now in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 29. Hebrews twelve twenty-five through 29, it says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape, If we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promised saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. You know, we are certainly going through a time of shaking right now. And what is this time of shaking doing? Well, When God is doing this shaking uh, in this world right now, that he is shaking things that all that will not remain, the temporary things, the things that we trust on and depend upon that are really not what God wants us to trust in or depend upon, he allows those things to be shaken and removed from our life so that what remains cannot be shaken. It will remain forever. He goes on to say in the next verse, in verse 28, Therefore, Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, our heavenly home, what Jesus is preparing for us, it cannot be shaken. There will be no turmoil in the, in the heavenly kingdom. There will be no uncertainty in the heavenly kingdom. There will be no disease, pandemics, there will be no famine. There will be no lack, no poverty. There will be no crime. It is going to be an absolutely amazing kingdom where King Jesus rules over all. I cannot wait to get there. He says there in that verse again. Though let's read verse 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. God's grace is given to us so that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. God has grace for you and I during this time, that even though we are going through a time of shaking, uh, the book of Hebrews, I believe in chapter 4, it tells us to come, to the throne of grace, that we may find grace and mercy to help in the time of need. And so just know that even though uh, we are going through a time of shaking, uh, God's grace is unshakable. I said this probably a few weeks ago, but Millie has a statement that she said over the years. I've heard her say it many times, that we may tremble on the rock, but the rock does not tremble underneath us. Amen. And in the same way, we are standing in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so let us receive the grace of God that we could serve him acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The next scripture I'd like to turn to is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust uh, destroy and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lay it for yourselves treasures in heaven. Well, how do we do that? If our heavenly home if our home is in heaven and Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven, how do we lay up treasures in heaven? Well, one way obviously that we do is when we give through our tithes and offerings that we are laying up treasure in heaven. They say, Lord, uh, I'm putting treasure into the things of the kingdom of God. But also, you can allow your treasure to be laid up in heaven by giving your time, your interest, your heart, and your devotion, your attention to the things of God, meditating upon them, thinking upon them day and night, because as you do, your heart will be drawn to heaven. What are the things that God values? What does he want us to do with his kingdom? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33... It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This heavenly kingdom, our heavenly home is so valuable, so wonderful that we ought to lay up all of our treasures and put all our time, our effort, our energy to really give it the time of day to think about it, to dwell upon the eternal kingdom that God has prepared for his children But we should seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. As we make him our priority, God will see to it that he will provide for everything that we need. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Now, what is his kingdom and how can it be described? Well, Paul the Apostle said in Romans 14, verse 17, this is just one of the many descriptions. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom can be characterized by righteousness. I tell you, there will be absolutely no injustice in God's kingdom. There will be absolutely no sin, no rebellion, no defiance, no discord, uh, no division. There will be no bitterness. It will be absolute perfect righteousness. Our relationship with him will be uh, absolutely perfect And our relationships with one another will be absolutely righteous. Everybody will be living by the golden rule. They will be empowered to do so. There will be nothing unrighteous in God's kingdom. His kingdom is also typified by peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so when we're to seek first his kingdom, say, God, I want your righteousness in my life. Lord, I want your peace in my life and my home. And Lord, I really, really, really I need a whole lot more joy. And how do I receive his joy? In the book of Nehemiah it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, you receive God's joy by allowing him to fill you with his spirit, read God's word, meditate upon his promises, but also by being obedient and saying, Lord, I want to follow you, and I want to do whatever it is that you ask me to do. Why? Because obedience brings joy to our Heavenly Father's heart. And when we obey the Lord, it not only brings Him joy, it also brings us joy as well. I don't want to digress here too much, but raising young children, it's quite an interesting experience because you see so many parallels between parenting kids in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And the older my children get, uh, the more I realize how paramount and how important obedience is in our relationship with the Lord. You know, most parents, they ask their kids to clean their room or do their homework. And of course, I don't know if you were like me, sometimes even we as kids, we got distracted or we took our time or maybe we did it in our own time and our own way. And, And you know what? We love our kids no matter what. But the older they get, the more we realize to obey is better than sacrifice. Jesus said, if we love him, keep his commandments, do what is pleasing in his sight. If you want God's joy in your life, his kingdom and his joy, his peace, say, Lord, help me to do and empower me to do what you've commanded me to do. Because when I walk in steps of obedience, not in my strength, but in the power of the spirit of God, It will bring your peace, your joy, your righteousness into my life. And so make his kingdom a priority in your life. What else is the kingdom of God? Uh, What else typifies it? What else is important in God's kingdom? Uh, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, In your homes, in your families, you know, many of you are together perhaps more than ever. I just pray for God's peace to be in your home and say, Lord, Help me to be a peacemaker in my home, in my family, because your kingdom is typified by peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The next scripture, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19 through 20. What does heaven value? What does the kingdom of heaven value? Paul the Apostle says, For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. You know, as I was reading that, something really just jumped off the page at me, the screen here. It says, what is our hope, joy, or kind of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? You are our glory and joy. As I said earlier, the church of Jesus Christ is really, it's the gathering of the people of God together, face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, arm in arm uh, being together. And Paul the Apostle is encouraging the Thessalonian church to say, you know what? What is the source of my joy? What is the source of my rejoicing? What is my crown of glory? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Let that be our, our hope and our source of joy that as we think about our heavenly home, and what God has prepared for us. Well, what is a home without family? What is a home without people? And so here, as we are in this world, but we're not of this world, to say, Lord, so long as we're in this crazy world, help us to reach out to others. Help us to reach out to those who do not know you. Because, Lord, what is the greatest source of joy in heaven? Yes, being in the presence of Jesus but how about being in the presence of Jesus with many others that he has used you and I to bring to him? What an awesome experience that will bring. The next scripture I'd like to share here, this, uh, t- this message, is John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Our heavenly home is being prepared right now by Jesus. And you know, And what is he preparing? He's preparing a wonderful dwelling place where we will be together forever and ever Oftentimes I'll talk with those who have been shut in and I'll tell you where we are all getting to experience a little bit about what those who are shut in and they are not able to come to church. We even have someone who are part of our church family. I think of the Ratliff family, Robert and Charlotte, many years they have not been able to be in the house of God. Well, hopefully this time will develop compassion in our hearts for those who are not able to come and to be a part of the family of God and to remember them that even when we can get back together, to say, Jesus, how wonderful will it be when that trumpet sounds, when you come to gather your children to be together, and that we will never be separated one from another, but to enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb, never to be apart one from another again. No social distancing in heaven. No, we will never be told to, hey, stand back six feet away. None of that. We will be together with a family of God. And Jesus, because of his great love that he has for you and I, He is preparing a place for you. And so don't forget that. Allow that just to build anticipation and joy in your heart to say, Lord, I can't wait to see what you have prepared for me in your kingdom. The next scripture is in Colossians chapter three, verse one through four. It says, if you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth for you, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Here the Apostle Paul, he says, set your mind, set your heart, set your affection on things above, not on things down here below, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Because Paul says, you know what, by faith, we ought to consider ourselves as dead to sin, that you know what, because of what Jesus has done, when you identify with his death and his resurrection, you know what, we too, we have died with Christ, but we are risen with him through faith in him. And so here, reckon yourself to say, Jesus, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ Jesus lives in me. And then set your mind on things above. Why? Because when Christ, who is our life, appears, let's read that again, in verse 4, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do you realize that Jesus is coming back? There's coming a day when he's going to split those skies wide open and that trumpet's going to sound. And in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed, my friends. This world is not all that there is. It's not what we are to live for. We are to live for Jesus and him alone, to share his gospel, his message of salvation with any who will hear, and to say, you know what? There is coming an eternal kingdom when God is going to make all things brand new. And so let's set our minds on that, not on the frustrations, the irritations of what's happening down here, No, instead, let's set our mind upon what Jesus is preparing for his children. The next scripture I'd like to share is in Acts chapter 7, verse 55 through 56. Uh, Stephen, he was preaching his first sermon. Before I get there, you may say, well, how do I set my mind on him when there are so many irritating things in this world or things that draw my attention away? How do I set my mind on heavenly things? Well, Stephen, when he was preaching his first and only sermon, He had people who were angry with him. They were yelling, screaming at him. They were throwing rocks at him. And so here with this happening in this environment, Stephen says in verse 5, being full of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) There it is, my friends, being full of the Holy Spirit. Remember the message I spoke, I believe, a couple of weeks ago about walking in all the fullness of God this is a time when God wants us, if, if you are feeling empty right now, to say, Lord, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit right now. Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven. Notice that. He gazed into heaven. He wasn't gazing at the angry mob. He wasn't gazing at the rocks that were being thrown at him. He wasn't gazing at the scene all around him. He wasn't gazing and focusing and thinking about what was about to happen to his life, no. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven, and he saw the glory of God in Jesus standing at the right hand of God, hallelujah, and said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, hallelujah. Here we have a wonderful example of somebody who set their mind, their heart, their spirit on their heavenly home. Stephen had every opportunity to be troubled. He had every opportunity to be agitated or angry, confused, bewildered, frustrated. Here He was simply trying to preach a message of salvation to these people, and instead of gladly receiving the gift of eternal life, no, instead they turned upon him with anger and rage, and they killed him. They threw huge rocks at him, but Jesus, Stephen full of the Spirit of God, rather than looking at him, he gazed up to heaven and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I'm sure I'm not the first preacher or first Christian who's pointed this out, but many years ago I saw that passage and my mind was drawn to the passages where Jesus is seen as sitting at the right hand of the Father. And it struck me when I saw that where here When Stephen, in the biggest crisis of his life, right before he's getting ready to leave this world, Jesus is no longer sitting at the right hand of the Father. No, he is standing at the right hand of the Father. And he is preparing to welcome Stephen into his heavenly home. My friends, Jesus loves you. He is preparing a place for you. He hasn't called you to be there quite yet. There is work to be done. Now is our opportunity to live by faith, to walk by faith and not by sight. Now is our opportunity to share the gospel with those around us. Now is the opportunity for us to be a witness, an ambassador for Jesus in this world. Not to get caught up in all the frustrations and irritations, but no, we are to have our hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A few more scriptures I want to share before we wrap up tonight. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. I just want to tell you, my friend, do not lose heart during this time. And how can you do so? Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. This outward man perishes. I bring up the scripture quite often here at our church for a, a very important reason. Because each of us are getting older. And until that trumpet sounds and until Jesus comes, this this body, it's getting older and older. I look at myself in the mirror uh, most every day. And boy, uh, my kids laugh at me sometimes and they tell me, you look like a grandpa. You know, and we have a good chuckle about it. But this outward man, it's perishing. It's getting older and older. But you know what? The inward man is being renewed day by day. How do we allow that inward man to be renewed day by day? It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. How do you allow that inward man? that inner person, who you really are, what makes you who you are, how do you allow that to be renewed day by day? Well, number one, the afflictions, the troubles, the trials that we go through them, rather than allowing them to work against you, allow them to work for you, to say, Lord, I'm going to allow them to work for me because they're helping, to be, to, helping me to become more and more like Jesus. And also, I allow my inner man, that inner self, to be renewed day by day, not as I look at the things that are seen, but as I look at the things that are unseen, because the things that we can see are temporary, but the things that we do not see are eternal. God has a kingdom, an eternal kingdom. Paul the Apostle, as I open up in Hebrews 12, says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. I just encourage you here during this message, turn your hearts towards your heavenly home. I Again, I never advocate for somebody to put their head in the sand and just ignore everything that's happening around us. No, in view of the fact that we are very aware of all the dramatic changes that are taking place around us, it is time, my friends, for us to hold out the gospel of Jesus Christ as never before. Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away but my words will never pass away. Jesus said that his gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. He also said, I believe in the gospel of John. Fear not, little flock. It is my father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. He loves you, my friend. He delights in the thought of giving you a kingdom and allowing us to be a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It will go on forever and ever and ever. My last scripture for this evening is found in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Jesus said, and behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last Jesus is coming quickly, and his reward is with him. Remember how I mentioned in John chapter 14 that Jesus is preparing a place for you and I? Well, the place that he's preparing you and I, do you realize that you can be helping him, partnering together with him, so to say? And how do I partner together with Jesus as he is preparing a heavenly home for each of us? Well, his reward is with him to give to each of us according as our work shall be. And so as we labor for the gospel, as we labor for the Lord, as we share his word, his message of salvation with those around us, as we pray one for another, encourage one another, as we busy ourselves in the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his peace, and his joy in the Holy Spirit, as we are ambassadors for him, there is a rich reward that Jesus is bringing to be with us. Again, when he comes, he's going to welcome his children No social distancing. No, he's going to gather together the family of God for those who have called upon the name of Jesus. Time will be no more. We will live with him for all eternity. I tell you, my friends, the heavenly home that he has prepared for you and I is absolutely amazing. We could spend all eternity just to think and to fathom, imagining what he has prepared. And I tell you, we couldn't get enough of it. Let's just close our time in prayer right now. And as we do, I, I am just reminded oftentimes that maybe there's somebody listening or watching and you just sense in your heart, there's a nagging sense of that you're not connected to the Lord the way you ought to be. You're not in that close fellowship and relationship that you know that he wants for you. I just want you to know that the t- today is the day of salvation and his arms are open to you, his heart is open to you Uh, He says, even to the church, to those who have strayed from him in the book of Revelations, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him and sup with him and he with me. And so let's just close our time in prayer, first of all, and to pray uh, the, the prayer of salvation, that if you need Jesus, let's just invite him into your heart right now. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much that you purchased our salvation when you went to that cross. And right now, we ask for forgiveness, that you would wash our hearts clean of every sin. We invite you, Jesus, to be the Lord and the Savior of our heart. Jesus, we believe that you lived in this world 2,000 years ago a sinless life. We believe that you went to the cross, died for our sins that you were buried and on the third day you rose again. Jesus, we confess that you are our Lord and Savior. We believe in our heart unto righteousness, that, Lord, our faith, that as we place our faith in you, your word says that you credit it to us for righteousness. And so we receive the gift of salvation. I pray, Lord, right now for those who may have prayed that you would fill them with your spirit that spirit of adoption by which they would cry out, Abba, Father. I pray that your spirit would bear witness with theirs that they are children of God. And Lord, for all those others who are listening or watching, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to receive grace, that, Lord, that we would live in anticipation of the day that we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken or moved. Lord, that we would receive that grace to serve you to represent you acceptably with reverence and godly fear in Jesus name. Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen or watch. And uh, we are praying for that day again, when we will be together once again, I will keep you informed. God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful day.